Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort enabling swifter recoveries. Now, my next guest this morning, well, they've been one of the biggest bands in traditional Irish music for almost 40 years. Described by the Boston Globe as the hottest band in the Celtic realm, Altum will next month join the RT Concert Orchestra and conductor David Brophy for an evening featuring some of the band's greatest hits. Mairead Niwaini, Martin Tourish, Kieran Curran, Mark Kelly and Claire Freel, collectively known as Alton. It's delight to have you with us this morning. <laughs> We're going to chat in a moment, but first you're going to perform for us. Mairead, You'll introduce it for us. Yes, this is a love song and it's called Kitty and the Gummon, which means Kitty of the Loved Ones. And my mum is called Kitty, so I think that's why my dad taught me this song. Fantastic. <laughs> Off you go. Let's listen to it now. One, two. That's so beautiful. Thank the Kitty in the Common. As yes. you said, your mum is called Kitty Moraini. Yeah. Yes, Kitty Rua. Her name was Kitty Rua. She still is Rua, which is redhead. And um, she, her house was a Cayley house. So she, she says, you didn't just get your music from your father. You know, you had some music from me as well. So she claims. And she's going strong. At oh, she, 96, 96 she was. 96? Yeah. She's oh, great. She's, she's we'll a say great shout one. out to Kitty this Hello, morning. Kitty Rua. We love yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, we love her. We absolutely love her. Now, yeah. listen, tell me about this concert coming up in the concert hall. It's an evening you're planning with the RT Concert Orchestra. What yes. can people expect? Well, we recorded an album with the concert orchestra about 10 years ago or more. And uh, with with the great David Brophy, of course, yeah, conducting. And we loved it so much. But this is the first opportunity really we've had to play with them here in Dublin in a long time so I hope everybody comes out and we're really excited because we'll be exploring songs like Kitty and the Gummon and, and other songs like that or I Wish My Love Was a Red Red Rose and songs that we all love and um, then tunes and Donegal based uh, tunes from the tradition and some original material as well a tune I played for uh, I composed for Frankie for instance my late husband which I called simply called a tune for Frankie, and that's orchestrated as well. And of course, I know about your Frankie, but yes. I always say people forget. Not everyone remembers everyone's story. That's true. Tell me about Frankie and also how Alton came about because he was yeah. Well, part of well, that. Frankie and I were young. Uh, young friends uh, since I was 15. I think it was the summer of my 15th birthday I met Frankie and he was just going to start Queens and he was a great man but he didn't play music at the time very much into Rory Gallagher and the Stones and all of this but he arrived up in Hudie Bugs and as soon as he came in the door I said mm, I'm going to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> like where was my head? <laughs> but anyway we started playing music together. He started playing the flute and uh, we started, uh, we, we did our degrees. I finished my degree in, in Queen's and Belfast. Yeah. And he was in Queen's. And uh, we taught in Malahide in Oliver's Plunkett School in, in Grove Road in Malahide. Beautiful school with great people. And then the scheme came out that we could go 
full time. So we decided why not? Because, you know, our neighbours, Clonet, did very well and the Bothy Band and Scarabray and we were thinking, you know, they kind of paved the way for us to bring our Donegal music. So we went off to the States. We were invited to the States. But before that, Robert McGoran, the late Robert McGoran from Gayling, had asked us to make an album, a duet album. And that kind of opened the opportunities for us to go to America and then an American company, Greenland, had asked us to make albums there. And from that, we got a Virgin deal. And just as we got the Virgin deal, poor Frankie was diagnosed with cancer and he passed away in 94, which was very, it was a very hard time because the band were kind of on the up while my life was falling apart because he was, mm. you know, he was... Uh, trying to struggle with this cancer and he was very brave and had a great sense of humour you know he'd say to me like when I composed this tune for instance it was in the middle of a snowstorm somewhere in Milwaukee and he was back home getting chemotherapy so I rang him up and I thought you know this is a wee tune I composed for you Jesus Marie that'll be great when it's finished <laughs> You know, he always had this twist of just made you laugh. And um, that still remains with me, even when I think of the sta- saddest times. He's always with me, making me laugh. <laughs> Which is amazing because you basically founded Alton together, didn't we you? Did, the pair yes. of you. Yeah. And how old was he when he died? He was only 30, um, 38. He was He was coming up to his 39th birthday. Yeah, People always talk about their lives almost like being BC or AD. I mean, mm-hmm. it obviously changed you profoundly or not? Oh, definitely. I became all of a sudden independent. <laughs> um, you know, Frankie was part of my growing up, really. And he was always there to mind me. And he was such a gentleman. He was just such a good person. Mm. And he minded me so well that he actually prepared me for life without him, you know. So he he was so special. He still is special. And uh, he'll always be special for the band. Mm. And he'll always be there as our light, our guiding light and putting manners on us. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping your sense oh, of humour. Yes. And yes. I know after he died, to honour him and his love of music, Alton... You continued to tour America, didn't you? And you played everywhere from the Hollywood Bowl to Carnegie (laughs) Hall. Did any of those performances in particular stand out for you or were they all? Oh, no, they were all very special. Like when we were in the Hollywood Bowl, um, we were there twice, actually. And Mark Kelly turned around to me one night when we were just starting. He says, remember this moment. (laughs) (laughs) You know, these kind of moments uh, you have to really embrace and just say thank you you know we just thank the world God whoever it is uh, for this you know we're just Mm. playing fiddle music from Donegal and singing songs in Irish and here we are in the Hollywood Bowl you know we have to remember those moments you know and playing with Dolly Parton in Dollywood is another moment that just stands out and just say, are we not privileged? You know? How did that come about? Everyone was, loves Dolly. Yeah, don't they? she's just an amazing person and, and an amazing musician and singer. But what happened was she wanted to go back to her roots, as she said. So she was from, um, you know, Tennessee and Dollywood is a place that's kind of a fun park with Dolly, very close to where she was born. But uh, she wanted a traditional Irish band and Luckily for us, she contacted the great Bill Whelan mm-hmm. and he said, oh, the ba- this this is the band you have to get. And next thing, her 
her producer came to see us and said, would you play with Dolly Parton? And we thought, is this April Fool or whatever? <laughs> but she sent us this tape. But, and I, I'm still looking for the tape because it's just her singing at a kitchen table. These songs. And um, then we went to Dollywood, recorded with her. And next thing we were invited for her sec- for the second album was that, that was home. Uh, what was the what was hearts, hearts, heartstrings or something that one was. Heart songs, and then she asked us to do another one. Then we went to Los Angeles, and every time we'd meet her, she just she she loved the whole thing, you know, fiddle music and song, and you know, and uh, she loved the idea of the Gaelic songs as well. You're speaking in tongues, she used to <laughs> say to me, you know, and she was fantastic at even, you know, pronouncing them. Like that's how musical she was, you know, and. Uh, She's just very positive and great in every what way. What was Dollywood like? Oh, that, that was, was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible with a lot of Hell's Angels. Apparently they're really big Dolly fans. So we had to do this procession where Dolly was up the front, you know, and on this kind of big, uh, you know, open, uh, you know, parade. And we were at the back playing, you know, with these... <laughs> Amazing uh, uh, Nashville session musicians, you know, Del McCrory Band and, you know, Jerry Douglas and all these amazing musicians. And we were all standing <laughs> behind her playing. And we said, Is this mad? And all these Hells Angels people all around us, you know. I, it was just so funny. But I spotted, uh, like, I mean, it was going for hours and hours. So I spotted a lovely shop I wanted to see. So I said, Can I jump off here? And your man says, Sure, leave your fiddle. <laughs> We'll collect you later. <laughs> and you went shopping. And I went shopping. I love it. That's so good. It was so much fun. But we had great time, you know, and it, all these things are special moments for us. And we feel very privileged, really. But you seem like the person, because I've been lucky to interview you down the years, <laughs> that you'd always know the moments are special. Like you don't take things for granted. Well, you know, when something so significant happens to you, when you lose the love of your life, you know, you realise then you have to kind of, <laughs> mm. you know, take these moments as they are and, you know, and, and appreciate people. And, you know, we lose so many people and we all, we're all going the same direction as they say. But um, it's just that you have to really cherish, it. cherish it. Maureen and Aidan have just texted in to say, Miriam, was wonderful to hear Alton. We had a magnificent concert with them in the Seamus Ennis Art Centre last night. Yes, yes. Great yes. intimate venue, fantastic night meeting them. So, hey, oh, much appreciated. But of course, yes. you brought your music all over the world, Europe, US, Canada, Japan, Australia, yeah. North Africa. Do you get a different response? Obviously, a brilliant response from the Seamus Ennis Centre, but you get it depending where you are in the world. Well, it's usually the same. We were told when we went to Japan, oh, they won't be clapping and they won't be dancing and they won't be doing this. Guess what? We had them out dancing. I remember 7,000 people in the middle of Tokyo out dancing in a field, you know, and somebody said, this hasn't happened before, you know, but we, we just kind of try and make it, you know, we're together here, like, make it personal and just make people feel at home. And and even with that, you know, a lot of them wouldn't speak very good English. And there I was singing in Gaelic, people crying in front of me. And I said, why are they crying? You know, you know, they do get the sentiment and all of this. And it's just amazing that we can go to Japan. And, you know, there aren't that many Irish people in Japan, in fairness. So you are, you know, playing to a Japanese audience, but they love Irish music. They love they love 
you know, authentic and they love integrity and they get it, you know. And I suppose when you think of Alton for the past 40 years, still as strong, as popular as ever, you must be really proud of the fact that you do take Irish music and in particular Donegal music to places like Japan, to all over the world. Well, you see, up here we're different. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we're really delighted now. We have a new member to the band and she's Young Musician of the Year 2018. And her name's Claire Freel and it's another girl in the band, which is really nice for me. And this is us rejuvenating, rebirth, you know, the whole thing after 40 years, you know. But... I think just it, it. she plays Donegal fiddle as well as anybody I know. And uh, it's great for me to spark off yeah, this well, other youthful musician, you know, and uh, it's just it just gives us like a recharge of batteries. And I, I feel we're playing better music than ever, to be honest. And that's without boasting, because it's just the energy is there. Even last night we had a ball and it was lovely and it was a cold night and the place was full, the Seamus Ennis Art Centre and we, we were out in the marquee there with 300 people dancing around and it was fun. It's a tribute to you all that you still pull in the big numbers. We mentioned your mom earlier. Remind yeah. me of your own family's background. There was a lot of music going back in your own family wasn't there Mairead? Well Francie my father, Princess Omwini or Francie Mooney, well he was a school teacher but his big thing was writing drama, songs, like he wrote Glanthan Losky Thor, you know, Kisla and actually, you know, and he, he wrote that the night before he got married to my mum and they went off to Scotland with 30 other people <laughs> on their honeymoon. Uh, they, were doing, they were doing... Very romantic. <laughs> very romantic. They went to Glasgow to the diaspora there. They were putting on a show and he had written this song for the diaspora and... Um, Glanthan uh, Lost Gidor, which has become the anthem of Gidor now. Yeah. And uh, we'll be doing that with the orchestra as well. But, you know, my mum and dad, and my dad played the fiddle, and his mum was a concertina and melodian player. And uh, oh, th- there's a lovely story about a poet from Ranafast, uh, Seamus McGrenna, or Shen Boyan McGrenna, who used to play the fiddle, but he fancied one of my aunties. So he used to arrive at the house every. Uh, Sunday night with the fiddle under his arm and my dad be waiting for this every Sunday and um, he'd be sitting looking up at Sean Boyan playing the fiddle and Sean Boyan noticed the young fellow look when this one has a young <laughs> has a young one I'll give it to you he said. so my dad was waiting for the fiddle to have a young one you know all his life <laughs> but he only started playing the fiddle when he came to Dublin to um, university and he was in St Pat's actually in Drumcondra and he bought a fiddle. and But he had all the tunes in his head. He played the flute before that and whistle. So did you grow up, like so many other people done in Gold, just always being interested in music and playing and singing? Was it just part of your whole family? That, that was just part of what we were. Like mm. people would be coming in and there was a big interest as well in the literature and in um the poetry of the area. But, you know, my dad be writing so much. There'd be people coming in and, you know, in the middle of dinner, they'd be spouting poetry. And I thought, that's, sure, that's normal. <laughs> that's <so> <laughs> <laughs> like these amazing long poems. And, and Francis said, give me that verse again. And he'd write it down. And, you know, all of this happening. And there was always kind of a lot of writing going on and mm. creativity. 
which was great. And when he was teaching, he he would sit in the classroom and every rock had a story. Like, you know, that's where Jermoth and Grainne were and this is where Finn McCool came to find them and he threw the mm. stone over. And then he would talk about Balor of the Evil Eye, the Cyclops. And like, and he wrote about these, these uh, characters, mythological characters that had given names to the, all the areas around, you know. So the whole place was alive with all these cyclopses. And, <laughs> you know. He sounds truly remarkable. Yeah, though, he, oh, was he was he? amazing yeah. and great fun as a dad. Very strict in one way, but then mad as, as a hatter <laughs> the other way, so, which, is, which was great. It was a lovely combination. Lovely text for you in Mairead. Listening to me, I'm speaking to Mairead New Vrainy on radio this morning. It's wonderful. Mairead is one of the nicest people on the Irish music scene. A wonderful <laughs> woman. That's from Frances Black. Oh, the great Frances. And Mary says, I remember Frankie so well. That's obviously your late husband. Yes. Mairead and Frankie used to come into our restaurant in Letterkenny all the time when they were coming and going. They're such a lovely couple. Mairead is a warm, genuine person. That's from Mary. Uh-huh. And I'll give you one more. Just loving this interview. She's not just a beautiful singer but what a beautiful speaking voice Marie Ooh, does thank you <laughs> my daughter wouldn't think that <laughs> what, what? Get, yeah. out of, get out of that bed <laughs> <laughs> well look Marie I always love speaking to you yes, and you, just this co- the National Concert Hall concert is taking place on Friday the August the 18th yes. it's with you guys Alton yes. um, and of course it's going to be conducted by the great David Brophy before you go you're all going to play for us again and I challenge anyone not to leap to their feet for this <laughs> one I've heard it in rehearsal introduce it for us please Marade so we start with a sliptick called Comb Your Hair and Call It we, we play that for Mark Kelly who, who doesn't have much hair and, <laughs> <laughs> and then we go into Gibara Bridge which is a bridge uh, connecting the, the Rosses and the lower rosses so it's a it's a nice reel you can dance to that Ah, <laughs> oh, Mairead Mil Buerkes it's always lovely statue Slum 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 <laughs> 